0: Who knew in the moment? The premise of the show is that as you're living your life, very rarely do you realize the magnitude of a moment while it's happening. However, in hindsight, we can see all of the pivotal moments that led to where we're at. Thanks so much for tuning in. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Who Knew in the Moment, the podcast. I'm your host, Phil Friedrich, and today I'm honored to have Brandy Roderick with me. Brandy is an author, a model, an actress, and an entrepreneur, so she's done it all. And one of the things that I think you're going to take from her story today is be willing to take chances and step into an opportunity because you just never know where it's going to lead. So Brandy, thanks so much for being on.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Excited to be here. Yes. So with your story, we're going to rewind the clock to the young days. And as the story goes, you and your brother uh, would like to put on plays or performances for the neighbors. So talk a little bit about growing up and just having uh, a spirit to do that.
1: Oh, my gosh, you dug deep. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Like, where did I who did I tell that story to? Like, that's so funny. Um, Yeah, that's just something uh, acting is something I've always been really into and yes it stems from my brother and I putting on plays for all the you know the neighborhood parents and we charge them admission and the whole thing you know because I'm also an entrepreneur like yeah so (laughs) So, um but I just have always always loved um loved acting from a very young age definitely
0: yeah now additionally in the younger years um your family would do some different um kind of like Projects on homes and refurbishing and whatnot. So talk yeah. a little bit about getting to see that at a young age as well.
1: Yeah, I definitely grew up in a household where my parents uh, remodeled everything themselves. They'd tear out walls in our house and remodel and build pools. I mean, we even dug um, the hole for our own pool and you know got to put it all together and um, you know so it's something that I always grew up um, being a handy person, doing everything myself. And, and I got the bug. And when I was in high school, I, uh, realized, you know, uh, high schools kind of holding me back and, and I want to get out there and I want to do real estate and I want to make money. And, and I just, it's just, I got to do something. So I actually ended up graduating a whole year early and walked with the class a year ahead of me. I went and took um college courses to graduate early yeah. and I got out and took got my real estate license right when I you know as soon as I turned eighteen, I you know did what I could to hurry up and get my real estate license and started real estate and um I was a baby but i've I've loved it i've always that's one thing I love doing is buying homes and um taking a you know piece of doo-doo and turning it into something beautiful. So um, that's a, I love doing that.
0: Yeah. Now I, you know, thinking about growing up, seeing, you know, parents wanting to do projects, I think there's probably an element of work ethic that you learn from getting to see that. Talk a little bit about, you know, the development of your work ethic and how important that was in those younger years to have the ambition then to graduate early, to get started.
1: Uh, For me, I think it's huge. I think that every child should be able to learn how to do everything on their own. I mean, I can lay tile. I know how to, you know, obviously use a Makita drill and, um, paint and saw things. And I mean, I can do anything. That's just, um, I think it's so important, especially for a woman, um, I mean, even when I was married, it's, you know, I did everything like he didn't know how to do anything and I was (laughs) teaching him how to do stuff. So, (laughs) so you never know, you might be on your own, you might be married to someone that can't do anything. So it's very important to learn how to do things on your own. And, and, you know, that's definitely shaped me for who I am today. And, um, you know, knowing that nothing is, you know, impossible, you know, yeah.
0: Now entering into the real estate world there is nothing easy about being in real estate. Um talk about getting started and getting some momentum behind you as you're starting that business.
1: Um as far as starting yourself with real estate? Yeah. Um I started out I I had I went to one of those um courses and and programs where you have a mentor. Yeah. And Although they are kind of pricey, um, in the beginning, it really helped me because they would show me how to prospect and how to get out there and go after it and do it and the door knocking and the, this and the, that there's so much, uh, so much to it. So if you can find a mentor of some kind, if you can't afford to go to, you know, one of the big companies that has the mentors, like just find someone in your office, someone that's willing to help, um. And I even had friends also that that were within my office that that were very helpful and learn everything you can go to as many courses as you can take as many online courses um, and be a sponge. And the one thing that someone told me a very, very seasoned realtor who just makes so much money and has so many um, properties, uh, he said knowledge is key. So you pick your one area where you want to specifically work in and you need to learn everything about that area, every house, everything about the neighborhood, all the listings, go see every open house in that neighborhood. And he said, knowledge is key. So know your area. And that was super informative because when I talk to people at an open house, I knew everything about it and they would be like, oh, well, we want to work with you, you know, because I just know everything about the neighborhood and I picked the neighborhood that I live in. So that, you know, it's it's easy to know everything about the neighborhood you live in. Uh, so that's really important knowledge.
0: That That's great. And, you know, something as you're saying that I think is a commonality for a lot of people is they say, well, I kind of want to know a little bit about everything opposed to only, you know, knowing a lot about this one thing yeah. or being predominantly there. So what yeah. would be, you know, a word of advice there? I mean, you highlighted why it's important, but what would be a word of advice on that?
1: On honing in on, on it's just, it's important You hone in on your, your one area, you become the expert of that area. And that's what you want to do. You want to become the expert of your area and that way you're the go-to person.
0: Yes, that is Mm -hmm. good. Now, at some point you decide that, Hey, maybe this modeling thing is an opportunity for me as well. So talk a little bit about how you get into the world of modeling and kind of uh, videography and everything.
1: Well, I mean, for me, obviously acting, like I said, since I was a kid, I wanted to be an actress. However, ever since I was a young child, my mom always told, she would tell me the story of how I got my name. And my mom was two weeks late from her due date and she's like i gotta get this baby out of me so she decides to walk from her house to my her aunt and uncle's house which was a couple miles away anyway she walks all this way she gets in their house she goes to grab a glass of water sits down on the couch and on the coffee table is uh playboys so she picks one up and she's thumbing through this and there's this beautiful blonde girl and her name is um brandy spelled with an e and she's like oh my gosh I want my daughter to look like that (laughs) so she changed my name because my name was going to be Tony um and she so she changed my name to Brandy because of that magazine and she told me the story so I knew I was little so um I remember in fifth grade when the teachers were asking you know what do you want to be when you grow up you know because I'm thinking (laughs) you know my mom wanted me to look just like this one playmate um (laughs) so I think it was just kind of always a thing since I was very young also that I had to be a playmate, you know, I got to live up to this idea of yeah. this, what, what my mom had in her head. <laughs> and uh, um, when I got to uh, Hollywood to go, you know, for acting, I also was pursuing uh, to be a playmate as well. So that's kind of where that whole thing started.
0: yeah. So in kind of the early 2000s is when you get the big notoriety there, getting mm-hmm. the cover and that parlays into some Baywatch. So talk a little bit about that season of life for you and just doors starting to open up.
1: Um, the thing uh, with Baywatch and Playboy, they uh, basically happened at the exact same time um, because when Baywatch, they had a close relationship with with Playboy. If you, you'll notice, you know, most of the Baywatch girls had been in Playboy or you know they either were in playboy first or they went to playboy after baywatch um and so when i was i auditioned for baywatch first and i told them oh my magazine's gonna be coming out you know the next month or whatever and they liked that as well (laughs) um so the month that my issue came out i was on a plane heading to hawaii to shoot baywatch so it was all kind of at the same time and then when i was um over there doing Baywatch or just coming back. Then I got called, do you want to be playmate of the year? So then, you know, and then the show started airing. So it was like, everything was like kind of all at one time. It was, you know, a whirlwind.
0: Yeah. Now, yeah. now within that, um, as you're, you know, getting some notoriety there, I think, you know, something that happens for a lot of folks is we start putting self-worth or we can start putting self-worth in outside accolades and you know outside compliments and things of that nature so talk about that season of life for you you know were, were you noticing yourself kind of getting to a point like that Were you always grounded and realizing hey you know this is a part of me but it isn't me Tell, talk about that for your life
1: um well I will say that I've always been grounded and nothing changed that and it's funny because you will hear people say all the time oh they changed yeah. or because they got money they changed or they now are a huge celebrity they changed people don't change that you're either a good person to yeah. begin with and you're always going to be that good person but if you if they say oh you changed no they were already an asshole to begin with so they're still an asshole yep. you know what i mean so um for me i I feel like I've always been the same. Have I learned along the way? 100%. Have I built confidence along the way? 100%. Um one thing like, you know, the topic of your your show, yeah. um you know, if what what you knew, you know, back then, you know that you know now, um I wish back then during that whole whirlwind of, of Playboy, play Me of the Year, Baywatch, Starskin, Hutch movie like that big, it was all around the same time, I wish I knew what power I had because as a young girl and going through all this, I'm just thinking, oh, I'm just, you know, a little brandy and this is all exciting and whatnot. But when I look back on it now, I'm like, oh my gosh, like that was, <laughs> I I really could have even done, you know, done so much. I feel like I could have even done more. I had so much power. I could have dated whoever I wanted. I could have done this. I could have done this job. I could have reached out to this person. And, you know, yeah. um, and, and that is one thing that, you know, I wish I could, Could have known back then, but but you don't. When you're in it and you're young, you don't realize that. You're just kind of a little naive uh when it comes to that kind of stuff. That's one thing that I uh I wish I knew the power that I had is that in that moment.
0: (laughs) Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, at that time, those are, I mean, about the pinnacles of where you could be in regards to modeling, you know, acting and things of that nature. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, Baywatch at the time was the number one uh TV show watched around the world yeah and that's like crazy to think of now like i was on the number one watch television show yes yeah
0: so from that um at some point you decided well maybe i want to start my own kind of like film production company mm-hmm. and you get into that so talk a little bit about once again the entrepreneurial spirit is still rocking and rolling uh but getting yeah. a film production company uh up and running
1: yeah i mean it's funny because i i actually created my production company so many years ago, uh, because I love She-Ra, the idea behind She-Ra, the princess of power, it's He-Man's twin sister. If you remember or not, I don't know how old you are, but, um, that was like my era, He-Man and She-Ra. Um, so that's the name of my production company. And, uh, for me, I just, I wanted to create things, um, and beyond that, the other side of the camera as well, you know, and do things the way I want to do them. And uh, I feel like they have got you know some pretty good fun ideas and have produced a few films and am working on my baby right now, my my one production that I'm doing all by myself. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of a natural progression, you know, I think, to go into um, that that world for me, yeah, from the acting. That's great. Yeah.
0: Now you, you alluded to it, but at um, after some of these events happen, you get the role and you play a role in the Starsky and Hutch movie, which once again, classic movie and, and a great yeah. role for you to be in. But talk about, you know, being in that environment and on that movie with some of the, you know, big names of acting that you're with. Once again, you were a big name also, or you are a big name, but with some of those other folks.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was surreal. And it was awesome. It was amazing. And we we do the scene um, and it was great. And we do the scene the way it's, you know, start doing it the way it's scripted. And, you know, I'm with Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson. So they're, you know, very talented comedic actors and they all of a sudden just start, asking me all these crazy questions and improv right? Yeah. Uh, and I think one of the questions was, so what's your sign and how much do you weigh? And, you know, all this stuff. And that was totally scripted. I was like, oh, okay. So, you know, we're going there. So the whole scene basically that we did was improv. <laughs> like they used the improv stuff, not so much the scripted stuff, which was great because yes. everything you see in that scene is totally natural And my honest reaction to them asking me these off the wall questions. Um, And they loved it and they ended up using it, which I think is really awesome. And they're just such great guys. You know, it was, it was a little uncomfortable, you know, standing there in front of them wearing those pasties, but uh, (laughs) I had like all this tape on the front of me and they're like, Oh, you don't really need to do that for us. I'm like, no, it's okay. (laughs) I'm going to do it. (laughs) Yeah. It was a lot of fun.
0: Now, in a lot of the industries that you were going into, um they were heavily male dominated and I mean, some can argue today still still are heavily male dominated. um talk about being a female going into male dominated industries and how to kind of create your space and you know find your lane
1: um well, for me, I think that it's great um that's because guys are kind of dumb when it comes to pretty girls <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, you know, I didn't have any issues with it. I, um, I, I, I mean, again, uh, wish I knew my power back when I was younger, but I do know it now, uh, and know that I know the the effect it has, you know, on on people. And um, so for me, it was it was great. I mean, I I can't complain. I I, I didn't have for me, I, I used it as a positive. I am not like a lot of these women that, that complain and use it as a negative. Um, I, you know, some women will complain if a guy, you know, whistles, if she walks across the street and like, Oh my God, how disgusting, you know, he's a pervert for me. I'm like, thank you. You know, I'm almost 50 and that makes me feel good. You know? Yeah. So, um, I, I, yeah, I just, I, I'm not gonna, I, I don't go down that road as, you know, the, the male bashing, like a lot of women do for me. I, I think it's great. I love working with men. Um, they've got a better sense of humor sometimes than women. And, um and yeah, I think it's great.
0: <laughs> yes, you bet. So I thought there was an interesting story with the Starsky and Hutch movie of your connection with Emmanuel Lewis and the, the, I guess, desire for someone to have signatures or a connection with the manual. Loop. So talk a little bit about that who knew moment and how that came together.
1: Oh, yeah. So and that that's one thing I do. Um, I think outside the box and I usually and I don't take no for an answer a lot of times. And <laughs> I, I really want something. I think some way outside the box to go and get it. So yeah. one example of that was when I went to audition for Starsky and Hutch, um, I went in the room and Todd Phillips, who, you know, is an Academy award winning director. Um, he was there and I auditioned for him and he was telling me like, oh my gosh. And, and, uh, at that time, I think it was, uh, it was Todd and, um, Ben Stiller, I think might've been in the room too, but they were talking about how much they loved the surreal life. And I was on the surreal life with, um. MC Hammer, Emmanuel Lewis, and Corey Feldman, and they were a huge fan of Emmanuel Lewis, or at least Todd was. And so when I left there, I was like, "Oh, this is the perfect opportunity." Yeah. So I went and got an autographed photo of Emmanuel Lewis, and it said, "Hey Todd, make sure you hire my girl Brandy." You know, and you know, sent in the the photo to him, uh-huh. um, and sure enough, you know, I got the job. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, of course, I'm sure my acting was better than everybody's and I would have got it anyway, but (laughs) I made sure to, you know, go the extra mile and do something that other people wouldn't do. And that's something I've always done in my career. And that's why I keep getting, I keep getting rehires because I do something special for everyone to remember me
0: yes so let's dive into that you know you're talking about in regards to hey I, I got hired for a casting and whatnot mm-hmm. uh, but that that can transcend for really anyone listening to this you know I think about it from my standpoint doing job interviews with people and are we gonna hire or not uh, the amount of times I've gotten like a handwritten letter after an interview mm-hmm. I could probably count on one hand and I've interviewed yeah. thousands of people it takes 18 seconds it doesn't and it costs 50 yeah. cents to send a letter but, it goes a long way in making you memorable. So talk a little bit yeah. about that in, you know, the professional setting for anyone that's listening. Sure. And benefits you see. Um,
1: well, one example, which is basically kind of what you're saying. Um, I went on the casting for a sitcom and, um, which one, uh, the Parker's and I went in there and, I'm looking around the casting director's office and she had these beautiful, um, volume spa, volume spa however you say it, candles. Yeah. And she, I was like, oh my gosh, that smells so good. She goes, oh, these are my favorite candles. I'm like, oh my God, I love that. And anyway, I do my audition. I end up sending her a thank you card with one of those candles, her favorite one that she said, I mail it she called me I must have done three of her three different shows with her she called me to audition every single one I didn't obviously get every single one because I auditioned a lot but I probably got three of the sitcoms that she brought she brought me in for she kept bringing me back because of that one gesture you know and I just thanked her for for you know letting me audition and sent her the candle and um it's just one of those things. I always try to, I'm always looking around and picking something up or, or, you know, but yes, always thank you cards. 100%. I send out thank you cards for everything, even personal stuff, you know, not just job stuff, but, um, anytime you go to somebody's house, you know, and you spend the night, send them a nice thank you. Or if it's a a longer than a day, maybe you send them flowers, but I'm always doing, you know, something
0: for sure. Well, and I think one thing as you say that is it's not overly hard, but it does take attention to detail, right? To pick up yeah. on some of those things. Mm-hmm. And it does take initiative, right? You have to say, all right, I'm actually going to go do this when I get back, or I'm going to make an effort mm-hmm. to to send that. So it's not a, a difficult thing to do, but it does take some of those characteristics.
1: Yeah. You just have to think about it, you know? think about how how am i going to set myself apart what am i going to do that no one else is going to do that's what yes. i what i always say to myself do what others won't do and that goes back to real estate also yeah do what other people won't do people aren't going to go and uh call cold call you know not everybody's going to go and cold call these people and go knock on the doors or go and send these private personal letters to every single uh, yeah. neighbor in, in your neighborhood. You know, it's like, you just yeah. have to do what everyone won't, won't do.
0: Now, as I hear you say that I'm sitting here thinking to myself, I agree a hundred percent, but there's someone else out there saying, uh, eh, I don't know, but it's so important to do those things. If you want to have an uncommon result, right? Um, exactly. If you want to have an uncommon result, you need to do things that others aren't willing to do. Yep. So, so maybe talk about setting a goal or being focused on something and how, you know, going above and beyond can help you get there.
1: You want to be different and special and not be ordinary. Um, you do have to think outside the box. You do have to do the things that other people are not going to do and you need to think about what are the things that other people are not doing and that is what's going to set you apart to make you unique so then you can accomplish hopefully what it is that you want to do yes Um yeah i mean it's that in a nutshell and if you don't want to do it then then that's fine. You can continue doing what you're doing. And, you know, if you're happy and and content with where where you're at, then great, you know, then that's fine. But if you do want something, you know, grander or bigger, then you have to think outside the box and do those things others won't do.
0: That is awesome. Yes. Now, another, uh, kind of big show that you get that you're on is the celebrity apprentice. So talk a little bit about how that came to be and just the experience on that show.
1: Um, well, I got called, um, to do the interview. And so the producers, uh, took me to lunch and we went to the polo lounge at the Beverly Hills hotel and we're sitting there and we're having lunch. And I'm talking about my, my business accolades and, and everything that I'm doing with all my businesses and blah, 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 blah. And they go, okay, that's all great. But do you know, celebrities, you know, like, Because, you know, on that show, it's all about how much money can you bring in? Who do you know? And, you know, that's a big part of it, you know? Um, So as we're sitting there, and I'm like, well, yeah, I kind of know a lot of people. And um, as I'm sitting there, literally, Brett Ratner and Russell Simmons come walking up to the table. (laughs) I'm like, yes! They probably thought, you know, oh, you paid these guys to do this. But so, you know, we say hello, I introduce them to them, and... Um, they leave and they're like, oh, you're tired. <laughs> um, yeah. So that was pretty exciting. I mean, we all went to lunch and I just had to sell, yeah, I had to sell myself, you know, on on the the whole thing because they they could choose anybody, right? Yeah. There's millions, not a million, but there are tons of celebrities out there yeah. that they could choose from. So I did have to sell myself and that definitely helped uh tip tip me over the the edge there to get on the show. Um and then, you know, had a great experience. I was on every single episode, uh, you know, kicked ass, had fun, raised tons of money. uh, I raised, um, no, that was on the all Stars. So then the next one, so then I got called back. They brought back the fan favorites for the all-stars. Yeah. And when I was on there and raised money in the very first episode, I had raised the most money to that date by somebody, except, uh, Trace Adkins beat me out in that episode, so. Um, <laughs> but that was, you know that that was a great experience. I met a lot of people, had a lot of fun. Um, it was very hard, very difficult. We worked sometimes eighteen hour days. Yeah. Uh, people think, oh, you're just there having a good time. Well, <laughs> yeah, but it's 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 a lot of hard work. But doing that show early on um, helped me to realize that you can get a lot done in a short period of time. Mm. If you focus on that one thing, like the things that we got done in two days, I think back home would have normally taken a month. Like I would have thought, oh, it's gonna take a whole month. Yeah, well, we got done in two days. So it really pushed me in my real life and in my work life to understand if you sit down and focus on that one thing, you can really get shit done. Excuse me. Hopefully no kids are listening, um, but yeah, <laughs> get stuff done. So that that was definitely a good uh, learning experience for me.
0: So uh, <laughs> I want to dive into a couple of things that you just said, and we'll start mm-hmm. with the last part first. And that is, you know, there is a power in focusing on the most important thing right? And mm-hmm. I think so frequently, we we don't do a good job of prioritizing what's the most important. We're yeah. just doing a little bit of everything, or we do what seems easiest first instead of what's most important first. So talk about that in your life.
1: Um, I was kind of going through that today, and, and I call it procrastination.
0: <laughs> and
1: when there's things you don't really want to do or that don't seem fun, you procrastinate, right? <laughs> but- um, and I'm like, wait, you're procrastinating. You need to just do this. Yeah. And it's funny because those things sometimes we procrastinate on don't even take that long. Mm. So if you just buckle down and know that you need to do it and get it out of the way, then you can work on the fun stuff, right? Yeah. Um, but yes, it's it's hard to prioritize, um, but it's very important because you should work on on the thing that's that's most important and that's going to get you. Um, the most reward, whether that's something that's satisfying to you, whether it's monetary or not um, work on the stuff that's most important first, but I'm guilty of that. I guilty of not doing that all the time. And I'm a terrible, terrible organization and prioritizing. Um, That is one thing that I do need to get better at, but it is important because when you start working on the things that aren't really important that, but they're just like a little bit more fun then you really you don't get your stuff done that you need to get done. Yeah. So making a list, prioritizing what's important first on your to-do list the night before putting down on the list. Okay. I need to do this first because this is most important and then go down the list from there. Um, And, you know, it's kind of funny, but one thing, you know, when you grocery shopping, you have to do right. Yeah. I, I just Instacart now yeah. because I'd rather, I think about how much I'm going, yeah, I might be spending a little bit more on Instacart, but I'm going to save two hours. By the time I go to the grocery store, go grocery, come back, that's two hours I could have spent on my career on the thing that's actually going to make me more money yes. than what I would have spent that extra $10 on Instacart. You know what I mean? So um, that's one thing that that I started doing that helps me save time so I can work more.
0: I love it. As you're saying that, and we were joking before we started recording about, you know, Hey, I was crossing things off the list today and I used to be a big list person, but what I found myself doing Mm -hmm. was I would cross off things, but I would, I was doing it to get like the dopamine drip. Right. Uh, I want that, that feeling of accomplishment. Oh my God. Yes. I would do stuff and things that weren't on the list and I would go back, put it on the list and then cross it off yeah, because I wanted that feeling of like, Hey, I accomplished it.
1: It's so true. Oh my gosh. Yes. 100%. I do the same thing.
0: Now, one thing that's been impactful for me though, is Mm -hmm. instead of just having like a kind of straight down list, I created quadrants and I put important and urgent, Mm -hmm. important, but not urgent, urgent, but not important and not important, not urgent. And I split my list into those four areas. And I say, all right, Mm -hmm. the important and urgent is what needs to get done first. Mm Mm-hmm. The important or not important, not urgent, it's like, well, it's got to get done at some point, right? Like I have to vacuum my house, but whether Mm -hmm. I do that vacuuming today, or if I do it in three days at 10 PM, kind of irrelevant to me. And then the urgent, um, not important and important, but not urgent. You have to kind of delineate or decide, all right, which of those do I really need to be attacked?
1: Yeah. I, I find myself doing something similar in that sense, as far as, um, you know, the stuff that can wait, but it's, you know, still have to get done. Yes. And when I have them over in this category, I find that I'm like, I go back to these lists. And I'm like, Oh my God, I never did that. <laughs> you know, but you know, those kinds of things kind of fall at the wayside, right? Yep. Those the little things. Um, yeah. Cause you're doing all the really important stuff. So how do you mingle and mix in the stuff that's not so important, but does need to get done? right? Like my closet, yeah. for instance, it's kind of like what you just said about vacuuming. Yeah. I keep going to my closet. I got to freaking organize this closet. It's driving me crazy, but that's not something that's going to make me money or something right. that's urgent or that I'm going to, you know, it's not like taxes or something. So yeah. It keeps looking like the way it's looking and it's driving me crazy. But I keep saying, one of these days I'm going to get organized. And this closet is going to look great. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what I was thinking? Yeah. Okay. Cause it's bugging me. Maybe I just need to buckle down and hire an organizer. Same thing with my kitchen. Oh my gosh. My pantry looks like hell. Everything. <laughs> I don't have room for anything. And I started thinking, I just need to hire an organizer and then everything will be nice and clean. So I need to find a way to make more money so that I can hire an organizer to do it.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. We, we've solved your problems. We've solved your yeah. the problems. There
1: we go. Let me write on my list. Let me put it on the list. Hire <laughs> <an> organizer. <laughs> that's going to go in urgent.
0: <laughs> yes, that's a, that's an urgent one. Yeah. Now, when you, uh, you talked about making connections and just the power of our social circle, right? hmm I think one thing that can happen all too frequently is we try and have too many people in our social circle, and it prevents us from ever having a meaningful relationship with anyone in the circle.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: At the same token, there's power in knowing a lot of people, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, our, our, our power can be there in the relationships we have. So how do you go about cultivating real relationships with people opposed to saying, oh, well, I kind of know that person.
1: Oh, gosh, that's, you know what, for me, that's a tough, tough one. uh, Because I am terrible at cultivating relationships. Um, And I you know, I wish I I wish I had some grand, like great advice. But I am such a hermit homebody. Uh, I don't socialize. I am terrible at that. Um, But I will say one good tool that I have found is LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, I am on LinkedIn for sure. And, um, I keep, you know, try to keep communication through that at least, you know, in, in some way, shape or form. Um, is that might even, no, you went through Darren. I was going to say, is that how yeah. we met? Yeah. No, I was going to say that might even be how <laughs> we met. Um, but yeah, that, that's so that I, I use that tool, but, um, I'm more of like my tiny little close knit maybe group, you know, uh, um, yeah. of, of friends, um, I don't know, maybe you have some advice for me, but I I just, I'm such a homebody that I don't really socialize too much.
0: Yeah. So I'm probably like the opposite. I'm a very social uh, person, but uh-huh. what, I, what I would say is, and just as I've been hearing, you know, your story, one of the things that really stands out is when you make a interaction or an acquaintance mm-hmm. being memorable. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, for, yeah. for me, I, I, <clears throat> Uh, a client of mine invited me to their law firm's opening. And I had gone to the grand opening four years ago. And now they opened up a second um, uh, story of the operation. And I walked in and about three steps in the gentleman, uh, this gentleman turns to me and goes, it's so good to see you again. And in my head, I'm like, crap, I don't know who this is. Mm -hmm. And he goes, you know, I'm the owner of the law firm. And he goes, I remember you being here four years ago, you were wearing a different suit, but an equally loud suit. And right. That, (laughs) that was what stuck out. And so we were Uh able to have a conversation for, you know, another hour or two. Right. And, um, and, and I think it's just important to leave it as a memorable experience. Right. It could be, you know, the, I sent a thank you letter, right. That doesn't mean you Mm -hmm. have to be out socially going to grab a cocktail with her five times in the next month, but you did something to stand out and be memorable.
1: Yeah. And that's one thing I will say that I always do when I, when I am working and meeting people, which I do a lot. um, I always remember their name. And when you're, before you leave them, say their name, people like to hear their name. Yep. so when you're looking at them and they tell you their name oh hi i'm pam oh hi pam nice to meet you yeah. so pam where are you from i say their name as much as i can and then i look at them and i associate that that their name and their face with someone else that i know or a celebrity or a you know something that will remind me of them yeah and then before we're done it's always like well pam it was so nice to meet you I'm just telling you, people like to hear their name. There's something yes. about it, and I learned that a long time ago from some coach, life coach, or something. Um, and it's true. And so they lo- they love that. So they'll probably remember you. That oh, should have remembered my name. So when you see them again and you remember their name, they're going to be excited about it.
0: <laughs> yes, well,
1: that's something that's I think is very important.
0: That is a great takeaway. Mm-hmm. Now. As I see you drinking water, one of the businesses Mm -hmm. that you've been a part of is Alkaline 88 and talk a little bit about just uh, a piece of that business and why you end up getting. uh,
1: Well, that's funny because this is definitely not Alkaline 88, (laughs) (laughs) but it's Alkaline (laughs) alkaline water and it's all I drink. It's all I've drank since uh, since I started when I was working with Alkaline 88. I was their brand ambassador. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm no longer, but that's just because they moved on. And I think they, they, uh, someone else bought it. I it might've even have been like Mark Wahlberg or something. I can't remember, but somebody bought the company. Yeah. Um, but that's how I learned so much about alkaline water. And, um, I would say, I think when I was working for them for like three years straight, I hadn't gotten sick from drinking al- alkaline water and I travel all the time. And I used to get sick all the time, getting on a plane. Yeah. Um, and I really attributed it to the alkaline water. Cause it's the only thing that changed in my life. And I 100% love it. And I would have kept saying that until I got COVID <laughs> then I'm like, okay, I guess I, I'm not bulletproof. Anymore. Yeah. Right. right. Alkaline <laughs> Water is not working. <laughs> um, but no, I still, I I don't know, you never know, you know, if things are really working, but for me, I feel like, you know, it helped me with my arthritis, helped me with heartburn, helped me with my skin. It helped me, you know, prevent illness. Yeah. Um, and so I don't want to stop drinking it because, you know, ever since I did, I, I've been very feeling very healthy. Yes.
0: Yes. Now I want to close out our time with a book that you were able to write and it's Mm -hmm. called bounce don't break. So talk a little bit about the premise of that and kind of the inspiration that where that came from.
1: Um, that came from, I was, you know, that, that was a while back that I wrote it. So I was a little younger, but, um, that came from, being in Playboy, I was the older playmate, right? So ever since I had been in Playboy, all the girls would come to me for advi- advice, especially after I got playmate of the year and did Baywatch and was an actress. They yeah. all, you know, they all wanted advice and, and whatnot. And so I thought, you know what, I'm always saying, you know, talking to people, I want to just put it down in a book. Yeah. Um, so I decided to write an advice book and it's, you know, Brandy's guide to life, love and success. And I basically just share all my stories um, on what happened to me and what I did to help me uh accomplish and what things I did that were bad, you know, to help people maybe avoid those things. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's kind of a nice, fun little guidebook for young for young people. Um, yeah, I just wanted to help people and I just thought I'd put it out there so everyone could have it. Um and yeah, something I kind of always wanted to do.
0: That's so cool. So yeah. For, for you, Brandy, where does confidence come from, right? Somebody listening today is saying, well, I'm, I'm sure Brandy's confident. I mean, gosh, she was, you know, playmate of the year. She was in a movie or she's in movies. She's on TV shows, right? Like, of course she's confident, but we all, no matter who we are, have different things that we have to battle to keep our confidence and have our confidence rooted in something that's not outside accolades. So talk about where does Brandy's confidence come from?
1: Well, I think that you have confidence in things, you know,
0: yeah.
1: Um, you know, uh, like we were talking about the knowledge of your area and real estate. Um, I'd be super confident talking about that when you know something you're confident in it. Yeah. I haven't like for me, if I, if I don't know something that well, then I'm not going to be as confident. Yeah. Um, you know, everyone has insecurities. There's, um, you know, there's going to be, <laughs> There's times when you're like uh, like my my left eye doesn't turn left, you know? So if I'm in a photo shoot and they're trying to take a picture of me from the left, I'm like, "Oh god, oh, you know, <laughs> cuz I can't turn my eye left." And you know, <laughs> weird things like that. Yeah. But I I mean as as far as confidence, I really do feel that comes from uh knowledge and you being comfortable with something, right? Mm. So if there's something that you want to be confident about, figure it out, become yeah. more knowledgeable about it and you know, that, that I I think will help. I mean, that's something that I could say that that helps me is I feel confident when I'm comfortable with something, knowing something.
0: Yeah. Well, and what I would also say to that is, you know, as I hear you say that, I think being able to reflect on past experiences, right. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm sure the first time you modeled or the first time you acted, maybe you weren't overly confident or comfortable. It was probably nerve wracking.
1: 100%.
0: But, but then all of a sudden down the road, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a different experience that you're having to step out and discomfort in But you're like, well, that one time I was uncomfortable doing modeling, but I figured that out. So I bet I could figure this out too.
1: Well, yes. And it gets easier. But what I will say is because I, I talk to people about this a lot, actually, and they're like they're getting nervous because they have to go do a speech and oh yeah. my God, how do you do it? Like I get nervous too. <laughs> <laughs> like as far as you know doing stuff like that, that's yeah. um sometimes maybe you're you're gonna still be uncomfortable and still yeah. gonna be nervous about things and then you kind of just get blow past it, you know, you start getting roll getting on a roll and then you're okay. Like you're saying, you kind of get on a roll. But I don't think that people if people are still nervous about certain things, they shouldn't feel bad about it. because everybody still gets nervous. I still get nervous before I go and do a scene. I get nervous before I have to go speak in front of people, Um, you know, standing up there in front of all these people. Um, So it's still, it's just, so don't worry about it. Don't stress about it. You just, you get through it, you know, have a shot of tequila and get through it.
0: (laughs) That, that needs to be life advice. T-shirts are going to be sold. Yeah. I love it. Well, Brandy, are there any other pivotal moments that, you know, as you reflect back on, you know, your life that have helped you on your way to here that you'd like to highlight?
1: Um, I mean, there's nothing that I would like to highlight. I mean, but I should put some thanks to the man upstairs because um, the creator of Playboy, Mr. Hugh Hefner, uh, I do believe that a lot of my success was because of that stepping stone that he gave me in Playboy. And so, you know, that, that I'm very thankful for that. And I just would like to, I guess, highlight the man upstairs, I guess. (laughs)
0: Yes, absolutely. Well, Brandy, thank you so much for, you know, sharing your story and just, you know, the pivotal moments that have led you where you're at and excited to continue to watch your journey and all the amazing things you're going to continue to do.
1: Thank you so much. And if they can follow me on, you know, Instagram or Twitter, and then they'll be able to see all my new projects and films that are coming out.
0: Perfect. We will tag that. Thanks. All right,
1: dear. Thank you.